fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Wolf Pack, what is going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, here with episode 126 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, where we pave your path to 2019 titles. Unfortunately, because of my own fucking idiocy, the uh, truth can't be with us. We tried real hard to figure out how to live stream these podcasts. We're so close, but technology is clearly not our strong suit. Hopefully next week at this time, you can see us live on Wednesdays on Facebook and maybe some other platforms. We're still learning how to get multiple platforms at once uh, with our full back dive. So you can live ask questions, watch us talk as we go. Uh, that's the goal. We were really close this time. And then he had to run because I kept experimenting and, you know, Thank you, Truth, for your patience today. I apologize for you you staying around for literally nothing, and now you can't even be on the episode, which sucks because I love having you with me. Uh, but Wolfpack, you're going to have to deal with just my voice this time. I apologize in advance to you guys as well for that. But hopefully, again, next time this, this big move has us live, we're going to dive right in because I know we don't have a ton of time uh, here between now and when the, the Truth has to edit this. So we're going to start with the trainer's room as we always do. It's week nine. The season is already over halfway done. We got a big Thursday night football matchup tonight. Who knows when this is going to drop? I'm facing San Fran D, Tevin Coleman, uh, and uh, who the hell else? He has somebody else too. So that could just be a pure gaping uh, smashing to my my ass tonight. We'll find out what happens. Uh, I'm particularly worried about the San Fran D, but we'll see. Hopefully I avoid it. That's the worst though. You guys know like when you, your Thursday night just ruins the rest of the week, you know you have no hope. Or it could set a great tone and you know Arizona comes through, Kyler comes through and puts some points up for them. Uh, it, Lessons that deep. We'll all find out tonight. Uh, who knows? A lot of injuries going on in that game. So let's dive into the trainer's room here and cover all the big important names you need to know. Adam Thielen was back at practice on Wednesday for the Vikings. Obviously, that's a step in the right direction. He wasn't able to practice all last week. They had a nice 10 days of rest after playing on Thursday night football. And so Zimmer said that he expects him back on the field. And if so, I guess a week Kansas City secondary, uh, you can expect Thielen to just be his normal self. Now, it might be low volume. The run D in particular, Kansas City, is awful. So I expect this to be the Dalvin Cook show, similar to last week. But that was still able to sustain a 143-yard day from Stephon Diggs. Of course, he was the only target there. So that made it a, a little more easy with Adam Thielen removed. But both of these guys could eat, especially if Mahomes plays. That would make both people viable, make a much more shootout-style game. That's the one worry here is they get up big, they get up big early and then they take the air out of the rock. We've seen that with the Vikings multiple times. But still, if you have Thielen, you're probably firing up. Expect him to go uh, this week. After him, Matt LaFleur said Devontae Adams, another huge wide receiver one here for the Packers, is day-to-day. He's reportedly running faster at practice. He himself said, I feel two million times better last week and now is looking even better than when he he made those comments. So it seems like he's moving in the right direction. He could still be questionable. They're not rushing him out, which is wise. Why would they? They continue to win games without him. Get him to 100%. So that's the one thing I like 
going on in this situation is it's not going to be, is he hampered? Is he gutting through injuries right now? No, you know when Adams comes back, he's back to 100%. And if you're 6-2, and two, you know, 8-0 somehow, uh, you're just crushing it this year, he makes a great buy lows. Last time on the field, 180 yards against the Eagles. Now, that's the Eagles, I get it. But still, I would be buying low everywhere if I could on Adams if his owner is desperate for a win now, try to pry him away for, you know, a, a wide receiver two and a running back, whatever it is, what type of package you can get. Because I have him as a top 10 wide receiver rest of season you can check out that big board at rotostreetjournal.com slash big board that rest of season big board should be right there for you uh, if you're looking at t- trades i know your deadlines are all coming up but Devonte abs definitely a buy low if you're in a, a nice position to be patient here after him, we got some injuries for the Bucks tight ends. O.J. Howard sidelined at Wednesday's practice, but not only him. That's not really the surprise after we missed last week, but Cameron Brait with a rib injury also did not participate. Now, this would really suck because it's a juicy, juicy matchup. The Seahawks giving up the fourth most points to tight ends right now, which if one of these two guys gets to play here, especially if the other one misses, they'd easily be tight end one options. Great bets to score. I know Brait didn't do a whole lot, only 32 scoreless yards last week in a decent spot, but I still would like both of these guys uh, if one is dominating the target share. And if not, it becomes that preseason hero, Hudson, who had like, I think, five or six touchdowns, led the league in receiving for the preseason. Guy was a beast. So even he could be a Hail Mary. We'll get there in a little bit. We're in our higher, lower Hail Mary section. Uh, the matchup is that ripe. So you got to track this. You got to stay on top of it, especially if you have tight end woes or buys that you're dealing with, because any of these guys would be very, very viable plays, uh, depending who it is. Next up is D.D. Westbrook with a shoulder injury. Got knocked out of last week, entered the game banged up, and wasn't able to gut it out and finish it because he got hit pretty tough. Uh, Now he is limited in practice, which suggests he might be able to get back on the field. He's been battling this for a couple weeks now, though, and maybe the team just decides to take it easy, rest him. If so, you're not using D.D. that much anyways. The reason I'm bringing him up right now, though, is a very great streamer this week, Chris Conley, fresh off 100 yards and a TD last week, 80 yards the week before. He's become a target hog, uh, back-to-back seven target games. I guess not target hog, but like a target mini pig, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He's been getting serious work these last couple weeks, and his appeal definitely goes up if Westbrook's there. You can still stream Conley whether Westbrook plays or not. It's that good of a matchup. Houston giving up the second most points to wide receivers, uh, but ultimately the target share for both him and obviously DJ Chark is in your lineup, a top 10 wide receiver right now in fantasy points. Uh, Both guys, their target share gets a nice bump up if Westbrook is out. You got to hope they go down early and Minch just has to keep chucking the rock. And you get a 930 start there too. Nice way to wake up and watch your guys do their thing. Uh, So check that out. Make sure you're tracking D.D. Westbrook's status and whether or not he's active. Uh, And then of course, as we alluded to Thursday night, I don't know when this will drop, but if this is before Thursday night and you're listening, that Cardinals backfield, a complete mess and nightmare. Although tonight, it might be just one guy and one guy only. That's because Chase Edmonds already ruled out. David Johnson is questionable, but today, uh, this morning, Adam Schefter tweeted that he does not expect Johnson to be active. They, they're going to rest him again, let him get fully healthy. Again, I don't mind that. I like when they do that. Uh, so that leaves who at the top? Kenyon Drake, recently acquired for a fifth-round pick. A guy I love, a great talent. Uh, that I think has been very misused, and I think could find a nice home here in Arizona in this air raid offense that motions their running backs all over the place, uses them very well in the receiving game, requires a full route tree. Drake offers all of that, but tonight it's the 49ers. So I can't 
sit here and wholly recommend Drake picking up a new system, facing one of the toughest run Ds in the league. I just can't sit here and endorse him fully. Plus, they've said it's going to be a committee, is what Cliff Kingsbury is saying. So whether that's Zach Zenner, Alfred Morris, who knows who else could be involved. But I can't trust any of them. And the next four games are against the uh, the, the hardest two matchups with two against San Fran coming up, uh, another top five run defense right after. So the ultimately, this is a run game you want to avoid until we see it shake out. And that even includes David Johnson once he's back, just because they're saying it's a committee. It's going to be a shared backfield from now on. So you got to see how that workload shakes out before you use these guys, including, again, a top five horse beforehand what's going to happen to him. My hope is they just rest in these next four weeks and then have him come back and be the David Johnson of old. I think I'm, you know, dreaming here, but that would be the ideal situation. You don't want to flare up less than 100%. The guy's gutting it out. You don't know whether to use him or when he's going to be sidelined. Let this guy get 100%, please, Cliff Kingsbury. We don't need him facing these awful, awful matchups right now as fantasy owners. Uh, last few to cover here, James Conner, speaking of RB1s, uh, is sidelined for Wednesday's practice. They have said he doesn't have to practice this week to suit up, so he could still be out there even if he doesn't practice throughout the whole week. Uh, but whether or not he plays, I like Jalen Samuels this week. It's a very generous matchup. Uh, they're giving up a ton of points to running backs here. And Jalen Samuels, that's the Colts here, uh, very susceptible to pass catching backs in specific. Jalen Samuels, that's his skill set. He's great. He's the most important waiver wire pickup by far. Now that Darius Leonard's back, the Colts have been a lot tougher against the run. But either way, Connor's left now like five different weeks. This guy's like, it's just a flesh. He continues to leave every single week, whether it's a quad, whether it's an ankle, whether this time it's a shoulder. The guy is getting massive workloads, and you love it as a Connor owner. He's been a beast. He's going to be in your lineup if he's out there. Uh, but the fact that he continues to get knocked out, it just seems like a ticking time bomb. So whether or not you get a full Samuels, just monstrous performance here, uh, it depends on Connor's status. But it, ultimately, he's such a crucial stash at this point. So I like James Conner a lot this week if he plays. I love Jalen Samuels if he doesn't. And Samuels is still streamable even if Conner does play just because I imagine they're going to share the workload a bit and try to take some off his plate. Deshaun Jackson limited with an abdomen injury as he has been all year. Uh, who knows what the guy's deal is? It seems like every year he has a huge game or two at the beginning of the year, then comes up with some ailment, but he's proven that he can get it done. And then, you know, I'm going to get my payday at the end of the season just because you know I can still do it. And then I get just chucked. Uh, but ultimately, Deshaun Jackson, limited, could be coming back. There's optimism from Doug Peterson. He'll play. And again, he was a monster. I. I would personally want to wait. I own Deshaun Jackson. I've been holding on to him in a few leagues. I would want to wait for him just because, you know, is he fully healthy? What can we expect as owners? It's a definitely a big question, and the matchup's not easy against Chicago, but that would help Carson Wentz having that deep threat. It helps the whole offense to have a field stretcher like that. And, and where they've been susceptible, Chicago, is the running game and to tight ends. That would be much more opened up if Deshaun Jackson's there stretching the field. But I just don't think you could trust him quite yet. Yeah, I get it's bye week hell, so maybe you might need to use him. But ultimately, I'd use a guy like Conley, Danny Amendola, uh, even if Jackson plays. But it'll be good to see him back on the field for everybody else involved there. Last couple, Curtis Samuel. Sideline for Wednesday's practice. This kind of came out of nowhere. He heard it uh, when he tried to lay out for a catch against the Niners, and we didn't hear anything until practice this week. Uh, so we got to see how he's participating. It's not a great matchup. The Titans giving up the 23rd most points, so not a great matchup for him if he plays. But still, we saw them get destroyed deep by Mike Evans. That's what Samuel does best. 
Kyle Allen looks like shit. He's, he's kind of regressed after starting so hot. But it could be a good spot for this guy. So if he's playing, you know, during bye week hell, probably a, you know, top 30 wide receiver. Not a must play by any means. Um, but ultimately, you, you got to uh, just monitor this and see if he's playing. DJ Moore would get a nice uptick in value if he is knocked out. Greg Olson, maybe a little more usage as well. And finally, Miles Sanders, fresh off his best game as a pro, 118 yards, touchdown on only six touches, ripping through the defense, looking as explosive as we were hoping all year. Uh, he had a shoulder injury. He was not practicing Wednesday. There was reports that he should be expected to go this week, but if he doesn't practice, that's going to you know be, be a real uh, threat to his status for Sunday. Now, we'll check Thursday. It's early right now, uh, so we'll see you know if he plays or if he's practicing, but if not, I already like Jordan Howard. We're going to preview him in a second. Revenge game, uh, he's been rolling, but if he's just the lion's share, because we know Sproles still banged up, doesn't look like Clement's expected any back anytime soon, he would be a true three-down horse against the Bears that are surrendering the, the seventh most points to running backs right now. So if Miles Sanders plays, probably not putting him in your lineup despite the great matchup. It's more so how high is Jordan Howard's ceiling here. Alrighty, folks, that wraps up the trainer's room and what you need to monitor so far this week. Of course, uh, these will be updated on the website and the rankings right there as we hear more. Let's get into my higher, lower Hail Marys as we always do on our Wednesday show. Uh, and as we're doing that, though, before we go, if you haven't checked out our, our new app, it's search Roto Street Journal or RSJ in your app store. Uh, Derek Miller did a fantastic job getting married this weekend. Congratulations, Derek Miller. Uh, but he did a fantastic job. It's the cleanest way by far to, to consume our content. We're working on site updates. We're trying to get our site to match how great the app looks right now. But if you're an RSJ fan, if we've been doing anything good for you, we'd appreciate the support, any reviews you can leave to help it get discovered. And of course, on this podcast, any reviews you, you appreciate, you know, if you appreciate what we do, we appreciate it 10,000 times more if you can let us know uh, what we're doing well, what we can improve on. It looks like our, our ratings, we've gotten over 40 reviews in the last like month. We're up to 58 after not getting too many to start out. So that's that's huge. We love it. Thank you guys so much that have left us five stars or even one star. We just appreciate the feedback. Uh, but thank you guys for all that support. Alrighty, folks, let's get into our higher, lower, and Hail Marys. And on our higher list this week, and I will preface all this by saying it's hard to create parity because there's so many teams on by, and that's especially true at a single starter position like QB. There's really only 20 options you're considering, and it's a matter of two to three spots. But I personally am very, very high on Matthew Stafford. I've gotten a lot of questions. Are Stafford's dropped in my league? How much do I blow on him? I have like Kyler Murray, for example, and he's facing San Fran. You gotta blow it all because Stafford's weak matchup here against Oakland, uh, he's my QB2. There's only one guy, Russell Wilson, I have above him this week. So that's two to three spots higher than the ECR. As of this writing, it was two. Uh, I love him and I absolutely love Stafford rest of season because that defense blows. They've been horrendous since trading Quandry Diggs and losing Darius Slay. He's expected back, but he's hampered. He could get knocked out early. And either way, it's one guy. It's not going to make an enormous difference. They've been horrendous, and that's created tons of shootout scenarios 
for Matthew Stafford. Plus, you look at his game logs without Carryon Johnson. 29 and 24 points over 340 yards and three TDs in back-to-back games. And now gets Oakland, giving up the second most fantasy points to QBs. They can also keep pace on the offensive end. So that, that just makes more and more shootout style. You can't just abandon the pass because Oakland's probably going to get theirs too. I like Derek Carr as a Hail Mary streamer, but now he's owned in 41%. So we got to go deeper for our Hail Mary coming up soon. But I love everything about Stafford's match up here. I think he's got to be locked into your lineup if you own him. And if he's somehow out there in your waiver wire, risk it all, blow it all. Because rest of season two, this guy is going to be a monster. I have him ranked at my QB six for the rest of season. Lower this week, Gardner Minshew versus Houston. Now, when I say lower, he's still my QB 12. That's four spots below the ECR. That's just me saying there's some guys I'd rather stream than him. A lot of people ranking him as a top eight guy this week. I just don't know if I see it. He uh, Fournette is just due for positive TD regression. That's especially true with J.J. Watt out this week. Uh, so I expect him to finally find the end zone at least once, if not twice this week, Leonard Fournette, which how many touchdowns is Gardner Minshew truly going to score? He only had 16 fantasy points last time against the Houston Texans, and that was buoyed by a huge career rushing day, 56 yards. I mean, huge, but for Gardner Minshew, a pretty big, solid day there. Uh, and there's just options, like I mentioned. I like Winston more. He's out there in some leagues. I like Cousins more. I like Derek Carr, who's out there in a lot, and even... Sam Darnold against Miami. I like all those options more. Granted, there is the script where Houston goes up big. Jacksonville's defense, not what it was. Uh, and Gardner Minshew has to play catch up. That could happen. I know he had three touchdowns last week, but overall he's hovered right around QB 15, QB 16, like solid floor, but nothing spectacular other than like two 20 point days on the season. And if he's being ranked as a top eight QB, you're expecting 20 points when you just haven't been getting that for the most part. So I don't love Gardner Minshew for those reasons this week. My Hail Mary of the week, and granted, I'd much rather get Gardner Minshew than this guy, but Mitch Trubisky facing Philadelphia up to my QB19, four spots higher than the ECR. Uh, he's been god-awful. There's no no covering that fact up. Four of his six games have been under, not, not 20, 10 fantasy points, single digits, folks. I get that it is probably impossible to ever have Mitch Trubisky in your lineup, so I'm probably talking more to two QB streamers or, uh, you know, if you're truly desperate this week. But he has had two over 20 fantasy point days. Those only two other, it's either been single digits or it's been 20 this year. And now he gets the weakest secondary in the league. They're giving up the most points to wide receivers, uh, giving up, you know, the eighth most points to signal callers. And they've surrounded 20 plus fantasy points in five of their eight. And you want to look at the exceptions to those? Josh Allen in a hurricane and Josh Allen, not much of a passer anyways. And Luke Falk are the only two uh, that, and and, then, you know, Stafford didn't have a great day that week. It was more of a run heavy script. Uh, But ultimately, I I trust that 20 plus fantasy points, five of eight. I think Mitch Trubisky hits that here. They've been much more efficient on O, especially with David Montgomery kind of lighting a fire under his ass. So I could see 300 yards, three TDs, especially if Carson Wentz and then put up their points and Trubisky has to keep pace. I could see his best day of the season after an awful, awful, woeful year so far. At running back, we got Jordan Howard higher. My running back 17 plus three against the ECR. I love a good revenge game. He's facing Chicago this week. Chicago's been getting battered this year, especially recently by running back. 16, 27, 29. And then last week, a touchdown to both Eckler and Gordon across their last four games. Sanders is dinged up, so you could have that whole backfield to himself today. 
uh, or Sunday rather. So Jordan Howard, if that's the case, I mean, he's been playing pretty well himself. I know he had a couple single point duds leading into his 17 point game last week, but it's at 31, 12. I mean, he's been a great bet for a touchdown. I think he definitely finds the end zone here. And especially if Sanders sits, that's a 20 plus point ceiling sitting there for Jordan Howard. So I really like him this week, even, uh, even though Chicago seems so scary against running backs, not the case. Who I'm lower on, who I definitely have below this guy that the experts have higher, Sony Michelle against Baltimore. It's my running back 24. That's seven spots. It's pretty whopping compared to the ECR. So one, I think this is just going to be a James White style game plan. It seems to always be the case. There's no real anic- uh, you know, analytical evidence to support that. Just more anecdotal. Whenever I've been a pa- I've been a Pats fan my whole life, it just seems like the last five six years James White's the guy. The middle of the field, they dink dink. Uh, it, it becomes like a, a 50 pass. Brady style day where it's it's more an extension of the run game becomes that short passing game. I just think that's going to be the case with Baltimore so much more susceptible over the air than the run right now. They're only giving up the 20th most points to running backs. They've held over these last four weeks, Connor, Mixon, and Carson to 11 and a half, 4.9 and 8.9 respectively. And they've only given up one touchdown over that span. That's really the only reason you start Michelle is for touchdowns because he hasn't been good otherwise. He's been a complete touchdown or bust style option. He's averaging just 3.3 yards per carry, the 76th in the league in that stat below Peyton Barber. And ultimately, Michelle's just kind of a souped-up barber because he's in a better offense that gives him more goal line chances. But he hasn't done anything that suggests he's anything special this year. He's been under seven points in half of his games when he doesn't score TDs. He's pretty much a bust, and I don't know that he finds the end zone here against a tough run D in Baltimore. I mean, just to illustrate how bad this guy's been, 16th most attempts on the year. I mean, uh, sixth most attempts, rather. 14th most yards on the six most attempts. Uh, and he's been facing one of the easiest running back slates to date. It's going to get a lot harder till the end of the year. Where he's got a great playoff schedule, but in a tough matchup, I just don't expect much out of Sony Michelle. <clears throat> and for Hail Marys, tough week to find Hail Marys at running back. I mean, Mark Walton doesn't count because he's now owned in well over half of leagues. So if you're looking for a Hail Mary that also offers great stash appeal, I've mentioned this guy before. I'm going to keep mentioning him till he's much more higher owned. That's Alex Madison. Only 29% owned gets Kansas City. I could see, especially if Mahomes doesn't play, a up big, bleed the clock style script. And Madison's kind of become that late game style hammer. Last week would have had over 100 yards, but had a couple long gains ripped off by a penalty here. But had 14, 7, 13 carries over these last few weeks. And 13 plus carries against a awful Kansas City run defense would be a huge setup for this guy. Uh, so ultimately, you saw what Jamal Williams did in a backup role, and I think Madison's a better talent than him. Uh, and obviously, you saw what Aaron Jones did to these guys. That leaves plenty of room for Dalvin Cook to feast, get his 25 to 30 fantasy points that you know he's going to get, and then still leave plenty of room for Madison to rack up, you know, maybe 100 yards behind him, maybe a touchdown. So uh, the best part is, you know, maybe it doesn't work out as a flex for you, but having that handcuff is so invaluable because if anything ever does happen to Cook, we know his extensive injury history you're getting yourself a bonafide RB1 and Alex Madison. In terms of wide receivers here, Allen Robinson against Philly. I love Trubisky and I love Robinson even more. That's the reason I love Mitch Trubisky this week is because I think Robinson is just going to murder these corners. You can jump ball them all day. You have that big body of Robinson. He's my wide receiver nine, which is five spots higher than the experts. He's going against Philly. Again, the most points 
fantasy points blech, allowed to wide receivers this year. 28 and 24 in two of his last three games, Allen Robinson. He's been a top seven wide receiver in those two weeks. So again, two out of his three, he's been a top seven guy. And that's been in tougher matchups. Now he gets the easiest. Uh, last time he faced these guys, 10 receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown in the playoffs. So we've seen huge days, almost all of them uh, from number one wide receivers, going over 20 fantasy points in all but one matchup this year. I think Robinson continues that trend and does it emphatically with at least seven catches, 100 yards, and a score this week. I also love Tyrell Williams against Detroit. I don't see why he's ranked so lowly by experts every week after this guy has scored in every single game he's played. You have that shootout-style script, as I mentioned, by I love, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford this week. I do like Derek Carr a lot too. I think that game's going to have one of the higher point totals, and I think those two are going to go back and forth very well. That means Williams is definitely going to keep that touchdown streak alive. My wide receiver, 12, six spots higher than the ECR. I get Slay's back, but he could be hampered. Um, they've surrendered eight TDs, Detroit has, to Cousins and Danny Jones. Nothing special there over their last two. So that to me means Derek Carr easily has two to three, maybe even four touchdown, keeping that streak alive upside with this defense banged up and playing worse by the week. I like Tyrell Williams to haul at least one of those touchdowns, if not two in, and dominate that Detroit defense. I also really like, I know I'm getting too many hires here, but I really like Robbie Anderson and Crowder. Uh, six spots higher on Robbie Anderson and eight spots higher on Crowder, who might be even the better play this week facing off against Miami. They have an awful slot corner, so I think Crowder gets right back into that nine-catch 100-yard day. I'm facing him in fantasy, which means he's definitely going to get there. Uh, but Robbie Anderson could easily burn this team for two plus scores. All that trade talk, he's going to be motivated to go out there and just you know thrash the other team. I really like both those guys to blow up. And the rest of their season, they have a great schedule moving forward. In terms of lower this week, Terry McLaurin, my wide receiver 30, five spots below the ECR. It's just a very tough matchup against Tredavious White. They're allowing the fourth fewest points Buffalo, two wide receivers this year, and Keenum is still in concussion protocol as of this recording. Now, if he plays, I like McLaurin a little bit more, but he's been completely useless without uh, Keenum out there. Last week, you know, had 5.9 points in the first half. And then it stayed there once Keenum got concussed and Haskins came in at QB. And that's no fault at McLaurin's own. He's been roasting corners, getting wide open, uh, but he's just having the ball sail over his head. Haskins already confessing to not knowing the playbook, getting called out by Adrian Peterson. It is just a nightmare there. Uh, so ultimately... It's just such a tough surrounding situation. Now, granted, if he has a bad game, as I expect, I'd love to buy low on McLaurin. His rest-of-season schedule is a complete joke, especially in the playoffs, getting three of the most generous defenses uh, in the league here in the fantasy playoffs. So I like McLaurin long-term. I wouldn't be cutting him. I certainly, you know, I'm certainly not cutting him, and I wouldn't be trying to sell him low, any of that nature. Just buy low on this guy now, especially if he has a dud, as I expect, this week. I uh, don't love him though. It could find it's gonna be tough. He's in my lineup because it's such a tough bye week. But ultimately, if you have a better option, I might rather play Conley, Amendola, some of these streamers ahead of him. And speaking of hail marys, both those guys, Chris Conley, 24% owned, facing Houston, my wide receiver, 33 plus 13 spots against the ECR. Uh, Westbrook's banged up, whether he plays or not. I like him obviously Conley better. If Westbrook's not there, that target share is just guaranteed to be higher. 
But even if he plays, at it, he could get knocked out at any point and just is dinged up. I can't imagine he's a huge part of their game plan right now. Houston giving up the second most points to wide receivers, getting just roasted routinely. And 11 and 18 fantasy points in his last two games for Chris Conley. Uh, seven targets in each of those. I would be very surprised if he doesn't cross that 10-point threshold. Plus, he's got that blow-up style ceiling. The guy's a great talent uh, in terms of physical, just a physical specimen. I can't call him a great talent. He's ever consistently put together. But he's a made of elite traits, elite speed, good jump ball, and just an elite athlete as slowly building a great rapport right now with Gardner Minshew. So I love him as a stream. And I also love Danny Amendola facing Oakland. Since Carrion Johnson's injury and the defensive struggles, Amendola's emerged greatly in those last two. That running back threat just hasn't been there out of the receiving game since losing Carrion, and Amendola seems to be really picking up that middle-of-the-field snap. He's got two games straight with at least eight catches and 85 yards, and now gets an even easier matchup than he's faced in those last two games against Oakland. They've been particularly roasted out of the slot with LaMarcus Joyner just getting routinely dusted. I think Amendola is the next in line to do that. So I love both those guys, both under 30% owned right now, uh, both making great strides streams for this week. So check if either of those guys are out there. And if you need even deeper sleepers, of course, hit me up. I've seen Nicole Hardman get dropped a lot. He could be a blow-up type play. Stills getting dropped in a lot of leagues after his dud. I would love to see him in my waiver wire. I think both those guys can make great plays as well. Moving on to tight ends after a quick sip of water. Uh, Darren Fells. Tight end seven plus eight spots on the ECR is my higher of the week. Could have qualified as a Hail Mary early on, but his ownership has spiked 40% after a monstrous game last week against Oakland. Great matchup, don't get me wrong. 21 fantasy points, two TDs. But what I'm seeing here is a trend here. Uh, when Deshaun Watson's under duress, which is often, he's scrambling, getting hit. He's trying to find his big body. Who's his biggest body now? Darren Fells. He's just chucking it up, and Fells is boxing people out and uh, broken plays, and especially in the red zone, too. We're seeing them routinely connect Bill O'Brien on Sirius XM this weekend, or I mean not this weekend, this week on Wednesday, came on and said we need him to continue doing that. He's been a huge playmaker. Uh, we need him to continue to perform at that level because clearly he's become a huge part of this offense. And he has, especially with Will Fuller's injury. They need somebody to step up. Uh, and Jacksonville, middle of the road versus tight ends, 15th. So nothing overly intimidating here. Fells, 15, 10, 4, 21. So really only one dud in his last four. He's really kind of faded out Aikens. It used to be, you know, which tight end is it going to be that blows up and scores. To me, Darren Fells has locked that role uh, completely down. And I would have him in my lineups if I owned him, no doubt. Eric Ebron, also intriguing, uh, facing Pittsburgh, giving up the eighth most points to tight ends. I have him at tight end six plus five ECR. Ebron's an athletic freak. He's been boomer bust all year, but to me, this is a definite boom spot. They've given up a lot of touchdowns. The Pittsburgh Steelers have two tight ends, and Ebron has been a scoring beast in the red zone. You see those one-handed grabs. I think he scores at least one, if not even two this week against this soft Pittsburgh defense. Who am I lower on this week? Mark Andrews facing New England equals the tight end 11 in my rankings. That's minus five, the ECR. He's up at tight end six, according to that. Why? I mean, it's you don't need me to sing the praises of the New England defense. They're giving up the second fewest points to tight ends. I know they faced absolute nobodies. They gave up a tight end last week to Demetrius Harris, but still, uh, you don't need to sell me on this defense. You know they're elite. That linebacking core especially has locked 
teams down, and you know Belichick is well aware that Mark Andrews is the vein of this passing attack. He's going to do everything he can to eliminate that number one option. He's so good at doing that with elite guys like, you know, the number one receivers like Julio Jones or whoever they're facing. The Pats are great at taking them out of games. I don't think they're going to struggle doing that to Andrews. It's not like he's been all that impressive lately anyways. After starting the season red hot, he's faced you know great matchups these last couple of weeks, the eighth and easiest uh, defenses against uh, Pittsburgh, against Seattle. He only scored seven and 4.9 within those games. He's averaging just 7.6 over his last three, the tight end 13 in points per game over that span. I don't see why he's as highly ranked this week with such a tough matchup, despite the talent being there, despite the clear, you know, main vein of this game all season. I don't expect Mark Andrews to do anything special this week. In terms of Hail Marys, ugh, it's ugly out there. But as I mentioned at the, the front here, OJ Howard seems unlikely to play, so Cameron Brait, only 8% owned, could be a fantastic streamer against that uh, easy-to-beat Seattle defense, giving up the fourth most points to tight ends. And even if he doesn't play, Tanner Hudson, 0% owned, as he should be, uh, even in deep dynasty leagues. I don't know why you'd own the guy. But this was the preseason hero. Caught a bunch of TDs, led the league in receiving yardage, was getting Kelsey comparisons, for God's sake, for his athleticism. I think he could absolutely, whoever it is that's going to be in there, could score a touchdown. So if you're completely desperate by all, you know, the the most desperate you've ever been, just reeking of it, then maybe Tanner Hudson could be in play for you if Bray sits. Alrighty, folks, let's rip through the mailbag now. Uh, we only got a few questions because this is coming in at a late time. Again, as we tried our best to get this live streaming, we're so close. I've got the technology. It just wasn't all coming together, but I think we have it figured out. So next week, catch us live Wednesday at 7 p.m. for the Fantasy Fullback Dive live broadcast. First time ever. We'd love to have you tune in on Facebook and maybe even some other channels. Let's get to that mailbag, though. Jimbo Slice asking, emergency wide receiver play if I don't get stills. I guess stills got dropped. He's looking for him off the waiver wire, and I totally agree with that because Boye will probably be on um, DeAndre Hopkins. So let's see if that, that's not the option. And again, I like stills. They're giving up, you know, Jaguars, I think, ninth most points to wide receivers. Still nothing special this year, especially the, the number two wide receivers have been crushing it. Uh, but behind him, he's looking at Taylor Gabriel, ugh, Anthony Miller, puke, Preston Williams, ugh, or McCole Hardman. That's the one name on this list that I could actually get behind. If you're going that desperate, you have to go for the Hail Mary. McCole Hardman definitely represents that elite athleticism. Uh, got you know 50 yards last week. Obviously, without Mahomes in there, it's been weak. But Hardman not only has that boom nature for this week, could just get deep for a touchdown at any given point. But once Mahomes is back, that's an explosive weapon that was becoming an integral part of this offense. There's just more long-term appeal to Hardman than any of these guys, plus that Hail Mary nature this week. I lean him. Preston Williams, I guess, would be my next closest. But it's it's become that Devontae Parker show there. So I, I lean Hardman. And then I guess Preston Williams. Again, the Jets have been generous to wide receivers, and I expect them to go down early as they do every game, Miami. So maybe Preston Williams could be on your streaming radar as well. <clears throat> Tyler K asking Ebron or Andrews <laughs> that one was kind of queued up perfectly my higher of the week was Ebron my lower of the week was Andrews for all the reasons I already talked about I think Ebron finds the end zone I go him 
Uh, Jay Rue saying, full point PPR. I have Michael Thomas, Woods, Tyler Boyd all on by. It is a tough week. You got your Saints, you got your Falcons, you got your Rams, and I guess the Bengals if you got like, Boyd or Mixon. Uh, all on by. Tough, tough week for owners. He's asking McCole Hardman a good start or Corey Davis, Jay Rue. You should know better. And let's prompt the Corey Davis rant. Nat warned me my karma was going to be fucked after I've talked so much shit about Corey Davis. And he deserves all the shit I've talked about. He is a complete and utter bag of dirt to the fullest. I go back to him somehow, some way. I thought Tannehill might be the reason to unlock him. And sure enough, what does he deliver me on a silver platter? One point fucking nine points. Thanks so much, Corey Davis, for coming. You complete and utter piece of shit. I hate him beyond belief. I already hated him coming into the year. I hate him even more now. He would be, at this point, if there's one player I could just take the back of my hand and slap it across his fat fucking cheek as hard as possible, I would love to deliver a crushing blow. Whether or not he beats the fuck out of me after, he certainly could, but... I just need to spit on him at this point. What an absolute loser. I would never recommend Corey Davis. No matter what the matchup, no matter who it is, I will never, ever play him again. So, McCole Hardman, my grandma, whoever you want to fucking start, put them in over Corey Davis. Complete bag of shit. Alrighty, Kai's. <laughs> Moving on now. The usual tough decisions. Half PPR starting one of Howard, Sanders, Walton, Tate. And then a second choice on Sunday if Connor is out. That's what makes this question tricky. Because I think Howard, uh, Jordan Howard, as I mentioned earlier, especially if he's the workhorse back against Chicago, is the clear and far away best play here. But if you're waiting on Connor, that's tough because Sanders is my clear cut number two here. And he's playing tonight, Thursday night. That makes him much riskier. I would personally get Sanders in my lineup. Arizona's been terrible. He might draw Peterson, sure, but they move him around a lot. We saw a very concerted effort to get Sanders the ball, who looked right at home. And Kyle Shanahan's offense is the you know where Rich Scandrello, his old coordinator, Sanders, created his offense off of, so he didn't look lost at all. I think Sanders is right at home with a better quarterback, a better play caller, uh, a great option against a bad Arizona defense tonight. So I'd play him, and then if Connor's out, you get Howard in there. Uh, but I can totally understand if you want to wait and just play Howard because of uh, the upside there, especially if he's the featured back. I guess Sanders practiced as today. I mean, uh, Howard's back. Yeah, Sanders. Miles Sanders at practice status will help you determine a lot there, guys. Because I guess you know Mark Walton, Jets giving up the six most points to running backs. Yeah, but you can't expect more than six points out of that guy. It's pure volume and nothing else. And last but not least, Paul O saying, do I trade Carson and Coleman for Fournette? Which side would you take? I'm absolutely taking the Carson and Coleman side. And granted, this was prompted because I said sell high on Carson if you have him right now. He's got the worst schedule for running backs over these next four weeks. And if you're in a tough win now spot, I could see Carson, you know, being in just not the best option for you. Uh, great analysis there. Ultimately, you know, losing Britt on the line this week on a, an already weak line isn't going to help any matters. And Rashad Penny getting a little more weak work each week. I can see that continuing to ratchet up a bit. So Carson, sell high in my opinion, especially if you're in win now mode. Uh, when I say that, I, I mean you know selling him plus another solid player to get a McCaffrey, to get a Saquon, to get one of those elite options. I'm not selling Carson just to sell him, but if I needed an elite receiver and somebody was going to give me Mike Thomas for Carson or Tyree Kill for Carson because he's been such a beast as we hoped and predicted, uh, I love Carson. I have him in every league and he's been a monster. So this isn't coming from a biased standpoint by any means. I would be selling 
him, though, if I had a huge wide receiver needing could land a wide receiver one, I would be packaging him up if I could get into that elite tier, maybe even sell him for uh, Kamara at this point. But to me, Fournette, yeah, he's he's a good option, and I would probably rather have Fournette over Carson in a vacuum. But Coleman is such a fantastic option for the rest of the season. He's coming off a four TD day. Is he a sell high? Maybe. I don't see him scoring four TDs again. But still, this is with his two tackles out, Kyle Juszczyk out. They're still dominating on the ground because that Shanahan zone blocking scheme is just so monstrous. Imagine how great it's going to be when they get their line just back to full health, when they get their incredible blocking fullback and Juszczyk back. He's going to be even more dangerous. So I don't think... Coleman is a sell by any means. Uh, two plus touchdowns a week is very, very realistic for this guy. Uh, despite his injury history, he looks faster than ever. So no, Carson and Coleman, the value those two are bringing you is locked in RB1 for Colson, locked in high-end RB2, low-end one for Coleman. As much as I like Fournette, I wouldn't be giving those two up for him. Uh, maybe I would give those two up for, like I mentioned, a McCaffrey, a uh, Saquon, a Zeke, let's say, but not for a Fournette. Alrighty, folks. Thanks so much. And again, I apologize to the truth for the fact that you had to miss this one because I couldn't figure out the technology. But by this time next week, Wednesday, 7 p.m. live, come to the live stream of the Fantasy Fullback Dive. Uh, we'd love to have you there. You can get all your sit-star questions answered. That's how we'll do the mailbag with a live audience like that. It'll be fantastic. And speaking of live streams, catch us on Sunday. Uh, for our fantasy tailgate. We love almost 200 questions. Last week, we only hit 100. It was a rough show, uh, but we want to get back to that 200 range. We want to break records this week. So come join us live on Facebook Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Get all your sit starts answered. Catch up on all this injury news, all the updates, the inactives, actives, all your good stuff. It's an awesome community too that comments on each other's questions, answers it. We have an awesome time. So come on down to the live stream on Facebook for that. I am the Wolf of Roto Street at Roto Street Wolf of RotoStreetJournal.com where we breed and feed fantasy wolves. This is the Fantasy Fullback Dive, paving your path to 2019 titles. Let's get that week nine win, boys. Let's get it on done. And girls, I know we got some lady listeners out there. Uh, and just also pump in next week, live event coming. So stay tuned to Facebook for more details where we're going to be popping up, where you can get some merch and gear from the Roto Street boys. Alrighty, folks, thanks so much for your listenership. It means the world to us. Like and review this if you're willing. It means the world to us as well. Uh, you guys are the best. Thanks, Wolfpack. Have a great night. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Stole the